0: Turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs chapter 14, and we're just going to look at one verse. There's a lot in this one verse, very important verse in Scripture, really. Chapter 14 and verse 29, it says this in verse 29, it says, he who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick tempered exalts folly. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the guidance of your word. Thank you for the faithfulness you are to us in bringing your word to our minds and our hearts and just implementing it into our lives. Lord, may we develop the godly character that is necessary for us to to exalt and, and honor you. Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together. Thank you so much for, again, for your word, for the opportunity to proclaim your word. And I pray that we would apply these things to our hearts and minds. And again, may you be honored and glorified. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is another warning from the book of Proverbs. And this warning is concerning anger. Anger. Now... I want you to see, maybe you'll notice a pattern here. We talked about uh, pride last week, about a warning of pride and, and even money. But I want you to notice that the dangers in Proverbs, the things that we're warned about in Proverbs, are primarily concerning the heart. They're, they're not primarily outside of us, not things outside of us. Although Solomon mentions some, the, the prostitute or the enticing sinner, the, the friends that might entice you, those kinds of things. But it's primarily concerning the heart. That's where the warnings lie. And that amazes me. Because we would think that the warnings are going to be outside of us and we just be aware of what's going on out there so that we can be warned. But these warnings are from within. Because that's where the dangers really lie, in our own hearts. Now, again, just think about that. It's within us. For those who want to please God, those who desire to please God, the real danger lies within our own sinful flesh, a heart that's been distorted, it's pride-filled, rebellious, independent, and stubborn. That's where the danger lies if you want to please God. Our children don't come out and just automatically are are humble and have a, a righteous heart. They're not faithful and full of faith and full of truthfulness. They don't have a heart that's dependent upon God and a heart that loves God and loves their fellow man. At least in my household, that didn't happen. The danger lies within our own hearts. That's what needs to be changed, really. God has to change that heart. And then that heart has to be, even then, cultivated toward righteousness. And it has to grow like a a plant toward righteousness. And so in this text, we, we see a warning here concerning the heart. Now, there's three quick observations that I want you to make about this text, just concerning the words themselves. Verse 29, look at the text again. He who is slow to anger. So, this is a a general principle. He who is. In fact, it's stated twice. He who is. And then in the middle of the verse. But he who is. This is a general principle. And it's open to anyone. It's anyone who is, really. Male or female. Black or white. Whether you have a disposition to this personality trait, or a weakness in this, or if you're powerful, or if you're poor, it, it doesn't matter. It's open to everyone. This is a general principle, but it's a principle no less. Principle. And principles govern. They just hold, they're a truism that governs, that should govern our heart, our lives really. They govern and as moral uh, agents before God, we have a responsibility to oversee our own heart. Now think about that. We don't follow our heart. We don't put our trust in our heart. We oversee it. We guard We guard our hearts or guard other people really from our hearts. We oversee it. And there's a principle here then that for believers that we are to guard our hearts or oversee our hearts. Another thing I want you to notice is the word right in the middle of the verse, and that's the word but. And this is a contrast. There's a comparison here between two men, two different character traits. One man is quick-tempered. He is just an angry person. He's just ready to snap. He's just on the edge all the time. There's always an excuse to just blow up. Or to become embittered, or to sulk, or to be sullen, or to just be hateful. Versus a man who is slow to anger. Now notice it's not quick-tempered verse, no temper at all. No, it's slow to anger. Slow to anger. Anger is not forbidden in Scripture, but it must be managed. There has to be a slowness to anger. Now, that's interesting. This is a good tool, uh, contrasting. And we need to compare. We need to compare one versus the other so we can properly evaluate our own life. Another thing that I, I want you to notice about the text just quickly, it, that it, the hearts are exposed here. You you have two different kinds of hearts. You have the heart that has great understanding, full of wisdom, and th- that's reasoning, can think through things. And then you have... The heart that is just exalts folly, that's foolishness. And he puts foolishness on display and and promotes it even, exalts it. And that's what our actions do, don't they? They eventually they're going to reveal our heart, reveal what's on the inside, they reveal our character. So what you have here is this principle that is directed toward the heart that we are to govern our own life. And we are to live by. And that's what Solomon wanted. He's warning us. He's warning his son. He wants his son to be aware. Don't be like the foolish person who is quick tempered, but be like the wise who has great understanding. And I think we get the point. We understand that. And we know from Scripture, we just, there's, it's revealed throughout Scripture that ungodliness, and here's the principle, that unrighteous anger, is not characteristic of God's people and must be managed to the glory of God. Our anger must be managed to the glory of God. You say, how in the world do we manage our anger to the glory of God? I think this passage answers this for us here. And there's three principles that I want to pull out here. And they're based upon three key words. The first word is Look in your text. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. The word slow to anger there is the first word. And it's really one word. It's a combination of words, but it's one word. It's one concept. And it's essentially a character trait. Slow to anger. The word slow there means elongated. Elongated. I have a ladder at... In my garage at home. And there's two parts to the ladder. You push up on one part. And that thing just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. It, it gets really long. You can reach to the top of my house with that. Now, it's pretty rickety sometimes. And you don't want to be at the very top of that. But it's, it's elongated. It's long. You just keep pushing and pushing. And it's just here. You, you push this guy. You push and push and push. And he it just He's slow to anger. He just doesn't come to anger quickly. Slow to anger, we might use the word patient. Just very patient. It's not that there's no anger. It's just very slow in in coming. And the word anger there is is a very descriptive word. It, it, it's actually the word for nose, and the nose is the most prominent part of the face. And it's uh, it's the idea of this red faced, red nosed, this nose that's flaring. Because of the breathing heavy and it's your nostrils are just going in and out. It's, it's a very descriptive term. And that's it's just giving the, the description of someone that's angry. Quick-tempered. Angry person. There's a, a whole lot that Scripture says about anger. Just anger in general. Unrighteous anger is forbidden. Christ said it's essentially equal to hatred in your heart which is murder. It's murder. It's forbidden. That kind of anger is is forbidden in Scripture. Anger is also, it's a work of the flesh. We see in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 20, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, that you live either in the spirit or you're living in the flesh. And this is a an outworking of the flesh is anger, selfishness, essentially pride. It's a pride-filled flesh. Also, it's a characteristic of the fool, you see, and we'll look at that in a little bit. Anger is also has its own devastating punishment, you see, in Scripture. If you're an angry person, nobody wants to be around you, and there's going to be punishment to that. Nobody nobody wants to tolerate that. You're You're going to be isolated. Number five, you see, also in Scripture, that it can be stirred up. Our words can provoke people to anger. In fact, by the end of this sermon, you may be angry because of my word. Another thing you need to know about anger, just in general, is that there's a lot of other sins connected to it. Pride, bitterness, cruelty, clamor, evil speaking, malice, blasphemy. There's a lot of other terms. Strife, contention, a lot of other sins that are connected to this word pride. But in this particular passage, it says, slow to anger. So this is a combination. You pull this together and you have a personality trait, a character trait. And that's what I want us to to focus on. And and that's what we see in the book of Proverbs. Look at chapter 15, verse 18. It says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. He's slow to anger. And that kind of personality trait, it's calming. Uh, Chapter 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit. Now that's the idea. Somebody that's ruling their own spirit than he who captures a city. That man should be elevated. The man who rules his own spirit. It's important for us to, to note that. Chapter 19, verse 11. It says a man's... Discretion makes him slow to anger. And it is glory to overlook a transgression. It's his discretion that makes him slow to anger. That's it. That becomes important. We'll look at that principle in just a minute. In the New Testament, we see the term in Titus chapter 1, and just in, in it's a link to those who are elders, qualifications of an elder to be slow to anger. In James, I do want to read this passage or verse for you. James chapter 1 and verse 19 says, This you know, my beloved brother, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's everyone. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So it's pretty clear. Scripture is pretty clear on this idea. Again, it's a character trait. Slow to anger. And it must be cultivated in us. Where does this come from? This is a characteristic of God Himself. God is a God who is slow to anger. Now again, I want you to see these these verses. They're so precious. In Psalm chapter 103, David first mentions this. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. That's the God we serve. He is the God who created us. He is slow to anger. That's a personality trait, characteristic of God. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 9. Now we're looking at a lot of Scripture references now, we'll come back to these in a little bit, but we just want a quick look at them. Isaiah 48, verse 9 says this, For the sake of my name, this is God speaking, For the sake of my name, I delay my wrath. And for my praise, I restrain it for you, in order that I not cut you off, it says. That I not cut you off. That's pretty strong language there. Jonah This is a little interesting. Jonah, he recognized that this is a characteristic of God. That he knew God was a a God who is slow to anger. And here's his prayer. In Jonah chapter 4, verse 2, he says this. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to foretell this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and one who relents or, or has mercy concerning calamity. He he pulls back. Jonah knew that he was a God who is slow to anger, and, and he said, I'm not going to obey that God, because I don't want him to have mercy on Nineveh. That's the whole reason. He was a God who is slow to anger. Folks, that's the principle for us. We have a heavenly Father and that, that is slow to anger and we are to be like Him. That's part of His holiness. So being slow to anger is a characteristic of God Himself. I liked what uh, D.A. Carson said. This is a good quote from him in the NIV study Bible that he oversee, He compiled it. He says this, he says, All the sins of mankind must be judged under the wrath of God, either at the cross or in hell. But the Bible never says God is wrath. The Bible does say that God is love. We, by our own sin, have provoked God to wrath, but we do not provoke Him to love us. Love is His spontaneous response to us and his loving heart is slow to anger that's a great quote it's a great quote and he's got it right folks god created us to to have emotions and we are to be in the image of god and that includes emotions and that includes even anger there's a time and place but he is slow to coming to that and i am so glad folks in my own life, I'm so glad that He didn't judge me in the first sin that I committed. And He could have just judged us all. And God has made us with the capacity to anger. And due to our sinful flesh, that it can be ignited so quickly. And we're to be slow to anger. In fact, we are to guard this heart from other people, from our words, from this anger that's inside that can, can well up. Within us. So we have to evaluate ourselves. If we want to apply this, just evaluate ourselves. Do you reflect God's character? Your Heavenly Father, do you have that family resemblance? Or are you on the edge all the time? Just, boy, you're just ready to snap. Now you have to evaluate yourself. In light of the standard, God Himself is the standard there. We have to say, do I look like my Heavenly Father? So we have to ask ourselves, are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to restrain your spirit, like the the verse said, in order to what? In order to please God. Does it matter that we please God? In our homes, oh, nobody knows if I'm yelling at the kids. Nobody knows the anger and the bitterness within my own heart. Nobody knows that. God knows that. God knows that. We're to reflect Him do you really even want to please God? That's really what it comes down to. Does it bother you that you don't please God? Does it bother you that you have that wrath, that anger in your heart? Or to be slow to anger. It's a characteristic of God. The second word I want you to notice, go back to Proverbs 14. It says, he is slow to anger, has great understanding. That word understanding is just amazing. And I believe that that's the key here. That's the key to managing anger, is is understanding. Look back to that verse, uh, Proverbs 19, verse 11. It says, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. Same idea here, discretion, understanding. And he's slow to anger because he has this great understanding. So the byproduct of great understanding is being slow to anger. Great understanding leads to slow to anger. You get the point. Understanding is, is just key. That's the ability to reason and to think through. Put yourself in other people's situations and, and understand what's going on in their mind and their heart. And it takes some discretion, some understanding. We see this phrase, a man of understanding. I love that little phrase. We see that in Scripture. We see it first in First Kings chapter 7, verse 14. Because it talks about this man that King Solomon had to to come and do all of his work. Really, he was in charge of the whole temple. Now, the guy was really good at brass, working with brass. But he could do anything. It seems like, and it' said of him that he was a man of understanding, so you get the picture here that Solomon has this great temple to build, he has all the material, but he 's got to have somebody that understands, so he brings this guy up, and his name is hiram, and what 's interesting about Hiram is he was raised by a, a it sounds like a, a godly mother who his father passed away, and he was just raised by a single mother. And yet he had this great skill, this great ability to understand. So Solomon brings him up and he's probably showing him some blueprints, some plans. Here's what I was thinking. Can you make this work? And Hiram says, yeah, I think I can. I understand what you want. I see what you're thinking here. I can understand your reasoning for doing that. Can we do it this way? And he had great understanding of taking something theoretical and put it into practice. That takes understanding. That's the idea here. Let me put it a different way. I'm driving behind some slow person. I'm just getting furious and fuming. And I finally get a chance to pass. And I'm looking over, I'm getting ready to shake my fist. And I I look over, and it's my grandmother. All right? And you say, Granny. Who let Granny out? You know, Granny, she could barely see over the steering wheel. And she's driving, she's driving. And now, my whole demeanor is going to change, right? Because of understanding. There's understanding there. And so then, my anger subsides, doesn't it? So we get the, we understand. We understand what it means to have understanding. D.A. Carson, he goes on to say, and I, I like this quote as well. Anger is a judging emotion. That's what it is. It's a judgment call, isn't it? Anger is a judging emotion. Many wrongs do deserve judgment, but wisdom brings our judgment Themselves under their higher judgment. That's God's judgment, isn't it? The gospel moderates our own angry judgment by prophesying to us God's final judgment. Scripture informs us. We have understanding now that someday, he goes on to say, God will judge and no one will get away with anything. In the meantime, he says, God is watching over us. Let us trust His wise wrath rather than unleashing our foolish wrath. And may the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Boy, that's a good reminder. Folks, our anger is out of place in front of the backdrop of God's eternal wrath. That's heavy, weighty stuff, but just think about that. My wrath is just foolish. We'll look at that in a second. But what happens is when we get angry, wisdom, rationale, reason flies out the window. And it's all about me, my flesh, my demands and what I can do. And our anger essentially reflects a heart that is not fully informed most of the time. Not fully informed. Understanding is the key and we have to have god's understanding we have to have godly understanding have god's perspective and god's discretion and that will cause our anger to to subside when we understand those things god's understanding is perfect He's not lacking in understanding. He he doesn't lack anything. And and his perspective is the real reality. And he's never confused. He's never unsure about something. He's never cloudy in his mind and his thinking. Never lacks intelligence. His logic is flawless and complete. And, And we need his understanding. And he has revealed himself and revealed his thinking in scripture. And understanding is taking us out of the equation and putting God right in the center. That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. Now let me give you two points of just application here. Number one, number one, and Joey mentioned this earlier, just thinking like the world. We don't think like the world things. We don't get our understanding from the world. So often we depend on the world's answers to control our anger and and the world's understanding. And if we stay in that mindset, that's just going to be a fleshly mindset. And it's going to react and it's going to boil over. And it's because of the way we think. Job's wife is a good example of this. I believe Job's wife, she was a righteous, but she began to think like the world thinks and Job had to say you're speaking like the ungodly she was speaking like the ungodly because she was first thinking like the ungodly she was thinking like the world and that reaction is going to come out and if we think like the world we're going to react like the world and it's going to be many times out of anger the world's attitude toward anger is not right it's okay it's okay to vent you can can fly off the handle we understand Christ said it's it's the equivalent to murder. What's going on in your heart? There's a hatred there that, boy, if I had the ability, I would, I would choke you right there. Murder. So we're to seek not the world's understanding. We're to seek because we're going to just stay in the flesh and we don't follow the world. Number two, what we have to do then is we seek spiritual understanding. And therefore, we're not in the flesh anymore. And we renew our minds. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Our understanding must come from God. It comes from outside ourselves. And and we reprogram the way we think about things. And we have compassion. And we have forgiveness. and, And we have the ability to react in a godly way. Now what we want is the mind of Christ. Folks, that's proper understanding. The mind of the Lord. What needs to happen? How do I need to react at this particular moment? And it's not in the flesh, but it's in the spirit. That's what needs to happen. The key, I think, is, is understanding. And folks, our minds need to be renewed with the Word of God. Number three, just quickly. The last word of, of Proverbs chapter 14 is the word folly. Let me read the passage again. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. That's an interesting word to use, folly. And then here's the principles. Unrighteous anger puts us in the category, folks, of the fool. And that's a a word that's used right here in the book of Proverbs. It equates folly with the fool. The word uh, it, it exalts folly is to raise it up, to put it on display or to model it or promote it. That's the idea. And you're promoting folly. Folly, foolishness, a characteristic of the fool. Someone has lacking understanding here and self is now on the throne. It is my way. I know what is best. And I will use my anger for my own glory and I will display, I will dethrone God and elevate myself. This is someone who has said in their heart, there is no God. That's the fool. That's the fool in the book of Proverbs. No, God. Unrighteous anger, folks, puts us in the category of the fool. I'm on the throne. God's not on the throne. I'm the one that's calling the shots here. I'm the one that's going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to be God in this situation. Sinful anger is just foolishness. If we look at Scripture, there's a whole list of... These things from the very beginning, Cain Cain in Genesis chapter 4, what is he like a little baby? I want my way. You didn't bless my offering, you did bless his offering. I'm going to kill my brother. Foolish. Just where does that kind of thinking come from? It's the flesh. Esau, he's upset at the decisions that he made. It was his own fault. Moses striking a rock, (laughs) and he paid for it. Balaam, what is he? He jumps off the donkey and starts beating the donkey. Foolish behavior. Saul, trying to spear one of God's men. Ahab, oh, that's my vineyard. I want that vineyard. It's the little baby stuff. Naaman, he he wants authority. Uh, Jonah, I knew you were going to do that. Just pouting. It's just like the Jews, isn't it? The last one there. Luke chapter 4. They put Christ on the cross. Because of their own anger. Foolish behavior. I think you get the point. Let's just apply it quickly. Number one, we don't take matters into our own hands, do we? We're not God. We don't have the information that God has. We don't have the capability that God has. And we, we can delay. We can delay. We can slow down that anger. Number two, we don't, take, we don't seek our own revenge Sometimes that's the way our anger comes out, isn't it? It's not just a quick anger, boy, I will get you back. And when I do, it's gonna it may take me a while, but boy, I'm gonna and it just stays in our heart and it just boils there until at some point it boils over in revenge, payback. Or sometimes it uh we we don't have folks, we have to know we don't have to defend God. There's been holy wars trying to defend God and and that's not necessary in Scripture. Romans chapter twelve, the passage that was read for us earlier. We don't we don't need to do that. Leave revenge up to God. But here's a proper way to understand. This is a proper way to to see managing our own anger, and that's from the perspective of responsibility. Responsibility, a response out of a sense of duty of God given responsibility. Uh, When it's not foolish, when it's not foolish to allow that anger after thought and coming to the certain conclusions, and it may shock you, Uh, there are times in Scripture that we see that anger is appropriate. God has given us that ability, that rush of adrenaline, that ability to strength to come in and, and do something quickly, and I'm so glad that He did there are times that Moses and, and Jacob and uh, Nehemiah and Christ himself, they were angry. And it was appropriate anger. As a husband, I have a God-given responsibility to protect my family. My wife I had one professor, and I believe he was off on this, He said, no. He said, look, if somebody breaks into your home and is attacking your wife, you just sit back. The only thing you can do is call the police. No, (laughs) I'm not going to just do that. (laughs) You know, God has put me there to protect. And I I have to surge in. That rush of adrenaline is there. and I'm going to protect my wife. I'm going to protect my children. Parents are given the responsibility of protecting. Pastors are given the responsibility to protect the congregation from false from false teachers. And sometimes anger and that the rush of adrenaline has to be there to, to hit things hard sometimes. A king. Nations have to protect their people. There's those times for anger. But those are times that are righteous anger. Those are the times that it's not foolish. And so there's some wisdom there. Obviously. But unrighteous anger is not characteristic. It's not a characteristic of the believer to be on the edge of anger all the time. Just any excuse to blow up. We must manage our anger to the glory of God. Let me ask you, is your anger unjust? Is your anger uncalled for, selfish, foolish anger? And you look back and you think, how childish... How silly. The heart is a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous weapon. And we need to protect other people many times from our own heart, don't we? It's sad. But that's what sin does. And in doing so, we exalting folly. And again, how foolish. Let me remind us of the, the last verse. that we, One of the verses that we read, Colossians 3. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you again for the clarity of your word. Lord, help us to not be foolish. Take matters into our own hands. When when really we just think about things, we can reason them out. Help us, Lord, to reflect your character of just being slow to anger. Lord, thank you for being slow to anger with me. You're so patient. And Lord, decades of time. But really, you've been patient with mankind thousands of years now. We have provoked you to anger. And and we push and we push and we push. and, And Lord, you're so patient and so kind and so slow to anger. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, may that be the model of our own mind and our own thinking that we would be like that to be so patient, to be able to endure and to control our own spirit for your glory and for your honor. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.